I'm delighted to welcome everyone here today as we kick off the uh, Head of the River 2024. Um, as we gear up, we're not just organizing an event, we're creating an experience that will resonate with rowers, enthusiasts, and the wider community. So tonight, I want to extend my deepest gratitude to our sponsors and partners. Um, a special thanks goes to Galway City Council and to the Uni University of Galway for their support and partnership. Um, they're instrumental in, in helping us get this running. So ahead of the Charles, this side of the Atlantic, that's what we want to build here. So I want to be very clear on that goal. The only thing that can limit us is our own ambition. So our media partners, Go With BFM, the Connacht Tribune and TG Cahar will be pivotal in amplifying our voice, ensuring that the Head of the River 2024 is an event that captures the imagination far and wide. I also want to express our appreciation to Portershed and Superfly Ireland, Aoife, Mary and Anthony. Your continued support for our club has been invaluable and we're incredibly grateful for your contribution to our journey. A heartfelt thank you to our sponsors, Taylor's Bar, Berwick Solicitors, Clada and Celtic Jewellery and Kelty. Johnny Duggan, uh, Dave Higgins, Neil McNeilis, Sean Cummins, your generosity and support fuel our efforts and ambition. So thank you guys. To those consider, still considering joining our cause, um, there are sponsorship opportunities available. We invite you to be part of a legacy to contribute to an event that not only showcases the beauty of rowing, but also showcases the city of the tribes. Together, we want to build a community in celebration of sport, culture, crack and shared values. In closing, I invite you all to be part of this remarkable journey. Together, let's make the head of the river a beacon of excellence, inclusivity and international camaraderie. Thank you. Fergus? Thanks, Colin. I'd like to introduce Mayor Eddie Hoare. Eddie uh, has been a great supporter of the club so far. Thanks, Fergus. It's my great pleasure as Mayor of Goa City to be here with you this evening. But it's a really, really important launch of the Tribesman Head of the River, uh, an event that is synonymous in sport in Galway. And it is brilliant for Galway, for sport and Galway in general to see it back after more than a decade. So to everyone involved, to Colin Hanley as, as president, to Fergus as captain, and indeed all the current past and future members of the Tribesman Rowan Club, well done. And it's great, like I said, to, to see it back. Galway City is a city of festivals, and this is a festival. It's a festival of sport. It celebrates so many great traditions and um, like I touched on, it's great, great to see it back. It'll run as as traditionally on the on the Saturday over the course of the the, the St Patrick's Day weekend, and there's a family fun day I know as well on the on on the Monday. So again, in the corporate, it's not just those participating, but families and people who are eager and aspire to be participating in in years to come. Tonight again is made all the more special to have such prestigious guests. We're privileged to have Ali Turner from Galway FM to be the MC. Um, so we've Heather Heather Boyle, um, Head of Communications at the Olympic Federation of Ireland. So welcome, Heather. Neville Maxwell, President of Rowing Ireland and, of course, an Olympian and World Rowing Silver Medalist. So again, to have people like that in the room adds to this event and it, it adds to, to its prestige. And finally, Pat Boyle, former President of the Tribes and Rowing Club and Henley Medalist. So again, for them to give of their time to be here with us in Galway to promote what is a, a famous and historic event. And again, as, as a council, as a local authority, we continue to support. I'm delighted that my colleague, Councillor Neil McNeilis, is here as well. He's continued to support events like this. But to you, who the general public, the members of the Tribesman Rowing Club, I've been fortunate to be at a number of events of Tribesman throughout the course of my term in Mayor and seen what she have done. And we're here for Siobhan's homecoming um, in, the, in, in the autumn. 
and indeed at the winter I was delighted to be joined with the Crew Blue team as well. So there's so much great work being done across so many levels. It's inclusive, it's diverse. And that's obviously the Galway that we like to represent. So with that, I think we have prestigious guests that you want to listen to more than me. So thank you very much and enjoy the weekend's activities. It's such a wonderful occasion, isn't it? It's hard to believe that a decade has gone by. You know the way you take things for granted and you just presume that every March you're going to be hearing and talking about the head of the river. And suddenly it just disappears off the spectrum for the last number of years. And for anybody who's into their sport and who isn't into the sport of rowing after our success in the last couple of Olympic Games, this is a monumental thing for Galway. Uh, it's a wonderful time to be in Galway and to be a Galwegian following sport in so many different sports. And I think it's no harm that rowing, it's putting its head back above the parapet just at the right time, Neville, as well. In an Olympic cycle, in a year like it's in it at the moment, the timing couldn't be better, could it? I think when Paul Murphy contacted me a little while ago and said, we're thinking of getting the head back, it was like the band was being put back together. And um, I started talking to a few fellas that I knew uh, around different clubs around the country, and everyone was really excited about this event, uh, to have it back on. Uh, a lot of us here who competed in it, it was the event in Irish rowing. So you had go ahead and the national championships. They were the top, top events. This year, obviously, is a big year for, for the national team. We've Paris. We have uh, seven crews qualified, six for the Olympics, one for the Paralympics. A lot of Galway people in those boats. We have our first ever Olympic medalists coming from, well, sorry, female medalists coming from Galway. So Fiona and Afric. And then we have Katie O'Brien. Uh, we've Siobhan McCrahan. Katie's a world champion, world record holder. And Siobhan, this year, world champion or sorry last year world champion so we've big Galway uh, contingent in the in the squad and I think over the next month or so the decisions will be made on who sits where it's quite extraordinary and Heather I'll come back to you for your own memories of the head and and your earliest memories of that as well um, but Heather in terms of the sport of rowing and how things have taken off in recent years in particular. Can you put your finger on a particular turning point or a moment where Ireland suddenly decided, well, we're in an island, we should be good at this sport, let's start getting medals like the our, our noisy neighbours have been doing for decades? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's a sport that we've always quietly been good at. I mean, you look at Neville here, who's been world medalist and uh, competed at the Olympics as well. So it's something that we've always been good at. But I think across all sport, not just rowing, um, over the last maybe 10 years, you're starting to hear people actually believe in themselves. And there's an element of talking out loud and kind of not being afraid to say, do you know what? Like, we're actually, look at us. We're actually the best. We're actually the world standard. We can, you know, we can be world leaders in this rather than kind of, um, I suppose, um, being the kind of the dark horse in the room and kind of getting your strength and your belief from from that. I think that there is an element, like you look, I mean, I'm obviously looking at all of the Olympic sports at the moment. You've got Daniel Whiffen, who's just won a world championship. I mean, he's one of these examples of an athlete who comes in and just says, I can do it. And I think you've been seeing that for maybe the last, 10 years in rowing uh it's like getting a trickle of world champions and world medals but now it's across the board is it down to investment was it always that i i mean investment always helps um you kind of get different systems you sa you start looking around at other systems in other countries investment always helps and there's no i think there's no hiding behind it but you need to have a couple of results to kick off a bit of investment as well. And I think that that's maybe what started it off. And now like this year, we I mean, yeah, just this week there was an investment announcement and I think growing might have topped the list in that, but 
they top the list because they're getting results. So it's kind of, it's chicken and egg. We'll get back on that because again, I suppose that's part of the, the allure of the sport as well, is that when you kind of watch somebody like uh, Great Britain doing yeah. so well in every four-year cycle and you're kind of jealous and now we're kind of getting our bit of the, the pie as such. Um, Pat, I'm going to talk to you about the, the head because clearly your role is, is with this event and the resurrection of this event. There's probably more than one reason why it stopped, but in, in simple terms, why do you think we have had to wait since 2013 for, for a head of the river? There could be a lot of different reasons for it with the change of membership. Um, but I think really it just comes down to the drive of people to try and make it succeed. And um, it just takes a, a, there's a lot of reasons. You'll always find a reason for something not to happen. Okay. And it takes a certain uh, level. Um, you need a certain critical mass of people who want to see something come back to make it happen. And I think that it was brewing in the last maybe year, two years, talk about it but this year the decision was made we're going to try and make it happen and what's been wonderful about this is the journey that we've been on in in trying to bring the head back is that everywhere we've turned is we've got support you know it's been absolutely fantastic the, the support that we've received from the city and the and the support the the feedback that we're getting from the clubs we see representatives from galway rowing club from car rowing and yachting club bish jez college there's a whole ecosystem down there that have just come behind us and want to see this happen. And it's just fantastic. So when you're getting that kind of feedback, we feel that we really are set for success. But surely it's a bit easier to restart something that has such a legacy as the head. You'd like to think so. There is nothing easy about trying to run an event of this scale, right? And we would not be able to do it without the support and funding that you get. But there's a massive volunteer effort that's going on here that we're pulling in from all members of Tribes Rowing Club. Um, it is not straightforward and simple to run. There's so many different arms to running this off from. We're trying to be 100% sustainable this year. So there's no plastic bottles are going to be sold on site this year. So we're going to have every, all, our, all the material that we're going to use for food is all 100% recyclable. There's a tip that I picked up when I was in rode the head of the Charles. I volunteered when I was at the head of the Charles last year as a, as a competitor uh, not a lot of people know that. I volunteered for, for the sustainability. And they, you know what's wonderful to see is the, the ideas that they had there were bringing them here right now. There's no longer a 20-year lag between what they're doing in the U.S. state-of-the-art. We have it right here. So all the stuff that I learned from them, it's right here from sustainability. No plastic bottles, 100% recyclable uh, material, hydration stations, we're there. Yeah, so just cut and paste. We're, we're unashamedly copying everything they do. Can we copy the weather? Is that the biggest obstacle, do you think, when it comes to organizing an event like that in the middle of March? Yeah, you, the weather is absolutely huge. And that that is a, it is a problem and has proved problematic throughout the rowing season the last year. The, the, the Masters Regattas and just two weeks ago, uh, um, St. Michael's Head of the River was cancelled. It is a problem. I think the mayor is organized for... Cam and weather for that weekend, but we're hopeful. You know, we'll put it. We've a, we've a massive uh, child of Prague that Colin has <laughs> that he's putting out. So we're hopeful we'll be okay on the weather front. Yeah, yeah it will be a good time for global warming to kick in uh, anytime in the middle of March as such. Heather, let's get back to the to the the overall look of the the Olympic cycle and the excitement that's building in the country, which will surely feed in. Uh, to whet the appetite of locals who are interested in seeing uh, what the sport might be all about. And and I'm sure that, like, from a, 
a youngster's point of view, there are people who probably don't understand how tough a sport it is. So can you talk us through maybe as somebody who was a, a high level roar and now you watch that the high level athletes and how they perform, how, how tough a sport is it in terms of the, the physicality that's required? Yeah, I mean, I think this this is actually, this year is 100 year anniversary of Ireland competing at the Olympics. So it is a really, really special year all around. And I mean, you're going to start hearing a lot more about that and a lot more celebrations because of that special centenary celebrations. But I think, um, I think there, there's an element that a lot of the general public, and I don't think we're talking about people in this room because we're involved in sport, but they look at TV once every four years, look at the games and think, well, that's great. We actually hear comments quite a bit going like, God, you're about six months out. When when do when do you start training for these games? And and there's not really always that. And it, you know, and 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 I mean there's 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 an appetite and there's an interest and there's a love for the Olympics, but sometimes there's not an understanding of the hardship that goes into it. But nobody does the hardship if you don't love it. You have to love what you do. Like sport is sport is hard, but you you do get your satisfaction out of it. Um, there's a lot like there's a couple of things that we do with the Olympics. Like um, we have a schools program and Africa is African Emer actually are two of the ambassadors on it. So we teach schools. We go into like we've a couple of hundred thousand kids who do it and kid and it's athletes talking to the school. We teach them about the values of respect, of respecting each other, the friendship that's involved in sport is the bigger values of what sport is and what the Olympics represent. And then you get like athletes at the highest level going in to tell them, uh, tell athletes that if you believe in yourself, if you do the hard work, if you set your goals and you talk talk it through in kind of child level, but you actually give them um, a little taste of what it's like to be an Olympic athlete. So we're, we're, we're kind of trying to spread the word uh, uh, from youth all the way up to, uh, up to kind of older uh, people getting into the media, telling the story a little bit more about how uh, hard it is and what goes into Olympic medals and performances. Surely, Neville, one of the things that will foster the ability of youngsters is to create events like the head so they can perform. Is that not as, as simple as it is? Or are you always better off performing abroad or going somewhere else to show off your skills? I know. I think um, the, the first thing it starts is, is with, with young kids rowing and having fun. So that's the priority, uh, I think, for any sport, especially in rowing. So the more you can get them in, uh, going up and down the river, just having fun, um, like many of us in the room did. And then you have these local events where they're competing with each other. Um, and then over time, people just graduate up to the to the top level if that's what they want. But for the majority of people, um, you get really good racing in Ireland. Uh, you don't have to go abroad. Obviously, our top team do. But um, if I give an example of our team um, down in Cork that are training, we've roughly 30 athletes in the centre, 27 of them are either world or Olympic medalists. So that's one sport. We're the only sport that in, in the country that is actually developing that in, in the country. So when you walk into the room, Paula Donovan is sitting on the corner training on the ergometer. I was down there last Friday. He was doing a three-hour session with no music. And that was his second session of the day. But he's sit, But there's other kids watching him, young people watching him, and they're going, if he can do it, I can do it. So they're all thriving off each other and uh, it's an amazing atmosphere so uh, he's got eight world championship gold medals and two olympic medals not really well known but that's just the nature of the sport but going back to the you know everyone in the schools competing and training with each other i think galway is is one of the hubs of the whole country 
producing results from the Jazz, the Bish, Galway Rowan Club, producing junior kids going into NUIG, a really successful centre. And uh, a lot of the national team uh, historically came out of that, but now we're seeing more of it. Are we just blessed with generational athletes like O'Donovan now? Or do you think this level of success is sustainable? Yeah, O'Donovan and his, uh, Paul and Gary were obviously the ones that broke the, the glass ceiling. I think they let other people know that it can be done. Um, but we've set up a really strong programme so now we have heavyweight men, we've heavyweight women, we've Paralympics across the spectrum. We're producing athletes. And uh, like when that team go to the Olympic Games, hopefully there'll be a couple of more crews. So it won't just be seven. We're targeting nine uh, and we're targeting four medals. So go back to Heather's point. We're not kind of going there hoping. We're going there actually expecting and all the athletes expect to do yeah. that. So, Because it would have been hoping in your time. And when you think about it, you talk about the centenary, Heather, of Ireland competing yeah. in the Olympics. It wasn't until London 48 that we had a rowing crew. And even over the 13 Olympics we've competed, we've only ever had 28 rowing crews in the history of Ireland competing at the Olympics. So I suppose the fact that now we're getting to maybe nine this year is an extraordinary development in a very short space of time. Yeah, we've grown... Um, almost ahead of our expectations, certainly. Um, but it's, it's because there's a whole generation of athletes that, you know, sometimes someone says, well, where did you get them out of? Well, they were 15, 16, 17 years of age, four or five years ago, and now they're in the national team. So the more we can foster young people coming into the sport, um, you know, you're not, as a 15-year-old, you're not identified as an Olympic athlete. But if you... There's certain bits that you have to have. And then if there's a culture and an environment, and if the clubs are supporting their young people to go forward, then you have a chance. Um, and that's what we have. Whisper it, Heather. But you could be looking at maybe in three or four more Olympic cycles, rowing, taking away from boxing, that moniker of the most successful Olympic sport for Ireland ever. Do you think that's something that's <laughs> achievable and attainable? You're not far off even as it is. you know. Yeah, not far off. And, and actually, even like Neville is saying, like going into the next games, we are we're look we're looking at medals like you know how many how many and what color and we don't like to put pressure on on it but um yeah, i mean you see things like i mean neville touching it in terms of the the clubs but like even finton mccarthy is a good example of you know paula donovan he's achieving he achieved because he saw eugene and timmy achieve and timmy and and they competed in world championships getting medals then they then Gary and Paul went on. They wanted to do one better, got the Olympic medal. Finton looked at that. Finton is in the same club on the Erg beside them, training away, just looking across, going, you know what? If he can do those numbers, I can do those numbers. And I think that now when it's with that National Rowing Centre built, you've got a huge, like when you go into that room, there's like how many, how many ergometers are in there? There's about 20 or 30 in there. And and they're training beside each other and you're just you're just constantly looking across. And if it's a junior looking at a senior they're you're seeing what people are doing. And and and, and that's what brings everybody on. Do so. you think rowing success at world and Olympic level has any kind of knock on effect to other sports? If nothing else, just to cause a little bit of inspiration to say, well, if they're picking up medals, I better work harder and maybe it might be for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in I think in Ireland where we are a little bit more unique to some other countries is we're a small nation. And you know, we mix with we do mix with each other. Like sometimes, you know, sometimes you're you're training away in your silo of what you're doing, but you know, there are different hubs or different events where you come together and athletes like to talk to each other. Social media 
it's the worst and it's the best, but people link up with each other and, and kind of connect with each other. And, you know, you find, especially at an Olympic Games where you have a multi-sport environment. And uh, I was only talking about it with someone earlier. You go into the food hall and you'll have like a rower sitting down next to a boxer kind of saying, well, what do you do in between sessions or whatever it is? And you're learning and you're and, and you're sharing information. And I think that that I think people bring each other on and they pick each other up Um, they pick each other like it's not always success. There's every every athlete has highs they have lows and it's a matter of kind of finding the right people to surround yourself when you have your low you come back up to your high and i think in ireland because we're a small country we tend to support each other like that if we look at the results in tokyo um now i know is the you know the time difference didn't make it as visible for everyone but the women's uh four was the first ever team medal from ireland in any sport and it was the women's four which was a newly created combination, newly created unit. And they've, I think, inspired other women's teams to, you know, to be able to do it. And we're seeing more women come into the sport, uh, junior kids come into sport on the back of it. So if someone can see it being done, be it, you know, top athletes or, 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 or juniors, um, they, they then can aspire to it. So we're really lucky. We're in a golden era of, of results where people actually can say it's possible. And especially with now with heavyweight men, uh, back in my day, you know, heavyweight men were disregarded um, uh, for whatever reason, and the focus was all on lightweight. Whereas if you think back on it, if we had had that focus on heavyweight men, we probably would have had a lot more results. So we have a more holistic approach to what we're trying to do. Terry O'Flaherty, who fired the starting pistol back in 2013, Hopefully we'll have the pistol at the ready for Eddie on March the 16th. Can you paint the picture about where it's going to start, finish? What kind of racing lines should be taken? The the route, the duration, the the, the, the whole picture of what the event will be? Okay, well, it's, it's going to start. It starts quite early in the morning for crews actually embarking from um, down around uh, the, the Jez and from Fisheries Field. They'll row up river to the lake, spin around. And there'll be a starting uh, boat up there and they'll be set off at 30 second intervals to go down the river. So this year we're, we're restricting the entries to eights and fours. Uh, we just need to run this event off cleanly and safely. And um, so there's going to be two events, one at uh, 11 o'clock, one at three o'clock. So we'll be finished before the rugby. Not that that had any influence on timing. And um, yeah, it's it's uh, so they'll row straight down the river and they'll they go back to where they, but it's a time trial. That's what it is. So it's not like there's side-by-side um, um, -side racing on it, although crews may pass each other out down the course. So, um, yeah, that's that's basically what the course is going to be about. But it's not, you know, it, what's important is that the event runs because, as you know, the only way that athletes test, test themselves is by having events. And I think that's one of the cool things that our club is doing, that from being a club that just went and attended events, now we're running an event and we're giving something back. And it's not just tribes. I, I, when I say tribes, I say, when I say we, it's all the, we can't run this alone. As I've said before, all the Galway clubs are coming in behind us to make this event run. But we need to run it and it needs to get back on the calendar. And if we get it on the calendar, it will grow. And if it grows, we'll take, we will attract more people to the sport. And that's what we want to see is just people, you know, is more people coming into the sport. I would like to say one thing. I know there's a lot of focus on, on the elite side of it. There's a lot of people in this room that only took up rowing in their 40s and 50s maybe. Do you know? 
that's a thing. That's a big thing. There's a, it's not all about the top athletes. There's huge benefits to be gained out of rowing just, just for health's sake because it's non-contact. And the carb is probably Galway's best kept, worst kept secret. Okay, It is a massive secret. It is so beautiful up there. It is so beautiful to go up for a row. And you don't have to be like the top athlete that's trained 14 times a week. You can just go up there and for a mental release and break out of the world, it is just an absolutely beautiful sport. From that point of view, it's not just all about the top. You, you'd come down. We'll give you a spin, Ollie. Of course I will. No bother. I think, um, I think for Pat... I think like following on from what Pat said, I think that like I think that like the river is the heart of Galway. And sometimes it's only when you move away from the city that you realize how special it is. And I know like most of my like so many good memories from when I was growing up is just that whether it's going out with going out with friends for for a, a row on the river, just to kind of looking around. I can actually I can still picture I haven't been on it in in I won't even say how many years, but I mean, I don't know, but I can picture every corner. I can picture, you're, you're like, just as you were asking about, I think myself and Neville just had a little giggle about the, like, the line, because I think I can picture the right line. Because you do it, like, you do, you do it so often when you're, when you're training and when you're thinking about it. But I think it's like, I, I think it's always, like, the carb is always a happy place. Like, it's, no, there's been a couple of days when it wasn't, but like the, mostly, mostly the carb is a happy place. And, and to see the, the head back on the river, uh, the head of the river back on the schedule like that was Neville said it earlier. There were two big competitions of the year, but the Galway head on St. Patrick's weekend, that was a litmus test. You knew what, how you were going to go with this. How tough was it, Neville, for visiting crews to try and make an impact? Because there must be some advantage to being from Galway knowing uh, your own river, your own patch. I, I raced it kind of as a home rower and uh, uh, a raider, I suppose, as a blow-in sometimes. And uh, yeah, I have to say when I was rowing the Coxes 4 and the, and the pair, I knew how to cut inside that red boy at the top. Um, and people would be wondering what are you doing, but you have to know it. But um, it 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 um, it was the litmus test, you know. Uh, NUIG senior men's uh, successful at senior championships. Henley, Neptune coming down. There was seconds, couple of seconds between crews over that distance. So it was amazing competition, you know, across all the levels. And it used to be three heads, small boats, the fours and the eights. Yeah. Yeah, one all three. <laughs> I was no, the lightweight. But, but you know what? The best, like, listen, the best part to go ahead, the party. Okay. Let's just be honest. The racing was brilliant, but it was where we were all actually allowed to kind of have three or four days off your club program. And, uh, you know, there's great memories of it. I, I have amazing memories of it. My dad was involved in it. I, I remember Mike Heskin one day. Asking me, I think after the eight said, "Would you go over there and collect your father?" He'd um, the carb princess, because um, that's a big part of the head of the river as well. I don't know if you have it this year, but the boat going up and down with the jazz, the music—you know—it's a social event. He got off it okay, it's all right. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 a, there, it's there, a big part there, of it. There's yeah. rowing and the fact that actually you, you met so many people. It was when you, you were all there and you made a lot of friends at the event as well. I suppose, Pat, you know, entries is the big thing. I mean, where are we at at the moment in terms of uh, local crews and visiting crews who have committed to coming? 
Well, the prospect has only went up this week, so it's early days yet. And I think in the, over the next couple of weeks, we'll see the entries come in. But the, yeah, as you say, like they're, they're, we've got a lot of very positive feedback about the crews that are interested in coming. So the entries are up there that go through the rowing union website. But there's another aspect to this, which I think is just as important as the rowing itself that's going to take place that day. It's going to be on the bank holiday Monday, where we're doing a participation day out in Leisureland. So again, this is an opportunity for us to bring rowing out into the public rather than just on the river. We're going to be in Leisureland and we're going to be showing, uh, we'll have boats there. We'll have uh, rowing machines there. And we'll be showing people what rowing what did the equipment that's used to go rowing? Because there's a lot of interest in it. You know, the, the, that movie came out there a couple, was it a month ago, The Boys in the Boat? So, you know, and tr- again, when I was in the head of the Charles, <laughs> that was huge over there. They had that boat, they had that racing shell there. So we want to do something along those lines with the, with the, with the racing shell there. You what? What? <laughs> so they're teasing me. That's a big, big deal because that's as important as the event itself. You'll have all these families coming along okay like with their with their kids trying out rowing seeing what a, how big a rowing boat is they'll see O'Donovan and the, and all those guys rowing in the olympics but here's where they'll see they actually what the boats actually look like how big are they how big is that oar you know it's a different thing to see it on the tv and you see it in real life and then you should see you can sit on an erg and see the scores coming up on the computer screen so that's that's really an important event so that's all part of the festival of rowing that we're trying to bring as part of Tribes Head of the River this year. It's the whole festival, it's the rowing, but it's also this of bringing the community involved. Can I ask our two elite rowers, uh, albeit in the past, somewhat former, what makes the perfect rower, Neville, in your opinion? Like, wh- what are you talking about? Is it upper body strength? Is it timing? Is it mental? Madness. Look, I think, um, well, personally, an inability to catch a ball was probably put me on that direction. So, and I think when I look at a lot of the rowers that I know, I, I suppose there's just, there's a mindset there. There is no perfect shape for it or, or, or that, um, but it's, it's, um, it's a fun sport. Okay, that's the first thing I would say about it, be it recreational or top level, you have to be having fun at it. To be at the highest, highest level, it's single-mindedness. Whether you're in a single individual boat or even in a crew boat, you have to be single-minded um, and focused. That, that's that's the big aspect to it. But again, I think uh, as, a, as a sport, I think it attracts such a huge, broad spectrum of people. And there is, there, is, there is an event for everyone, which I think is the most important thing. The vast majority of our rowers are really uh, having a good time. And, you know, that's, that's the key to it at the levels that they want to be at. And yet you talk about it being such a single-minded sport. Heather, at the other side, you know, you look at the fours and the success that the girls had in the Olympics, there's got to be some element of trust in your teammates to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I, I do, yeah, to add that, it's the, it is the camaraderie. And I think when you go into, th- there is a difference when you're talking about people, you're different. There's a difference between a single and there's a difference, uh, a single and a, and a crew. And it's a different kind of single or determination that you have. And within the crew, there's an element of, wanting to do it for the others as well. Like I, I remember when I was uh, rowing in a double and you're looking at across across at your teammate. I remember ro- racing with Sinead and you're looking across at her going, oh my God, is she pushing herself harder than me? I better push myself a bit harder. And, you know, afterwards the same session, she's kind of going, I thought you were pushing yourself harder than me. So I was going, and you're doing it for each other. Like, and, and there's something that's really 
I always felt like uh, I always preferred a crew boat to a single. And because when you finish, if it's if it if this if the result is good, result is only part of what you're doing. But if the result is good, it's doubly good. If it's not good, you're having the pain. And there's there's something about that. But like and to add to what um, Neville was saying about like, what does it take to be at that level and and i think it's it's not always sheer skill like sheer skill is just like that's part of it it, it comes and goes it is your mind it's your mindset but i think you have to be incredibly brave and be able to be vulnerable if you want to get to the top level because you're really just you're you're leaving no stone unturned on the way and to do that that's that's putting yourself in a really vulnerable position you're putting yourself out there going hey guys i've done everything this is me at the best that i can be and that, that's that's really that's brave like can i ask a, again a, a question for the uninitiated in an eights or in a fours if there's somebody slacking off neville can you tell do you know oh yes especially when you're on the seven seat yeah listen no 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 that's the job of the cox um you know to identify that kind of stuff but look everyone is doing their best Right, that's that's the key to this. Uh, I think the people we, we aren't talking about here are the coaches. You know, they are the ones that, that you know, identify um, the athletes in the boats, tr- doing their best. You know, they're coaches, they're psychologists, they're childminders, you know, they're, they're, they're looking after us, trying to bring us together. And they're the ones that actually drive the, the, the athletes to achieve. Uh, and I think we've all had coaches where if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have stuck at it. So, you know, I think, I think as a rower, you're, you get to where you are at whatever level it is. And it's often based on that coach's ambition for you as well. But yeah, in crews, I think everyone is doing their best. Uh, it's a tough sport. If someone isn't doing the job, like, look, I'll give you the, the, probably the toughest selection I've ever seen is, is Paula Donovan and Gary O'Donovan brothers, Olympic medalists, still world champions. And another guy comes in, Finta McCarthy, and takes one of the seats. I think the differential between the two was one second in trialing. So that decision had to be made by the coaches, uh, and it paid off. So, you know, that's, a, that's how tough it is at that top level. I think when we're own masters, when we're own recreational juniors, I think we, must, we should be more sensible. And it's not all about winning because people develop at different different stages. Pat, I've got to talk to you, I suppose, about the job the likes of Fergus does and all the guys in the tribesmen. In terms of engaging with the community, which seems to be the big thing in recent times as well, to kind of move away from any perception of elitism and the fact that anybody, as you mentioned, uh, can get into a boat. How well are you doing in terms of engaging with the community in Galway? I think we're doing okay, but and I think the, the proof is in the pudding with the numbers. Like our, our membership keeps growing. There's a waiting list now to try to join our club. But I think that what's really cool about the club is just the way that it's gone about, you know, I think uh, the mayor alluded to it. There's a lot of different aspects to it with the, we're, Trisman now is unashamedly Masters Rowing Club. Okay, we don't have competitive juniors or a senior program in our club. We're masters. And it's worked really well, I think, in our club. And it's also facilitated the introduction of the Paralympic, the, the Crew Blue um, section to the club, which the mayor came down and saw them practicing for their indoor trials. Uh, 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 he came down just before Christmas and they had the trials in January. There's there's a lot of different strings to it. And I think that's a credit not only to the Ferguson and Colin this year, but the previous committees that have, have laid the foundations to get the club to where they were. I see Joni's here and I see that there's other past members of the committees here. But 
this is what it takes is it, it takes people with vision and to carry on the tradition and try and do something bold. And it, it, that's led us to this stage now where we're doing something like what we're doing now, bringing the head back and not just the head, but just expanding out that whole philosophy of community engagement by by taking on the participation day. Wilson, keep up the good work. You're you're a fantastic club and a great part of the, the sporting ethos of Galway as well. Heather, I've got to ask you the tough question here. What to you would constitute a successful Olympics? Because it is a numbers game. I mean, are you plotting at the moment and thinking we're going to top, you know, what we did in London? Is that possible? This isn't being recorded, is it? It kind of is. <laughs> we'll play it back to you maybe in July. Um, yeah. Like, what's yeah. realistic? Yeah, because, it, you, yeah. you know, you're talking about Daniel Whiffen, for instance, yesterday. Yeah. And now suddenly everyone is saying, I'm sure, she's a shoe in. Like, he's surely yeah. going to win one or two yeah. medals. You're looking at uh, Rashida Adelecki possibility. Yeah. You're looking at a couple of other There's athletes. So many. Yeah. The way, the way I suppose we look at it in the um, Olympic Federation of Ireland is, is we look at opportunities to win a medal because you don't, you come away every games, you come away with surprises and you come away with disappointments. And I suppose my job in communications as well is to kind of manage media expectations as well, because that is, that's a duty of care to your athletes. So we will talk, we will never put a medal on somebody's head or we, I won't name medals, but we will say we're going in with the opportunity to win maybe between 12 and 15 medals. Uh, if we come away, we would hope that we would come away with six to eight. That can come from anywhere within that part of like of uh, of 12, like to name this. There's there's a like I'm not going to say there's going to be 10 medals coming from rowing, but, you know, but there's but we like we would hope there would be a few from rowing, but we won't name we won't we won't put on on a label on athletes uh, where we would hope they'd come from. The show jumpers are performing at their number one nation in the world. You've got. Dan Whiffen, you've Rashida Adelecki, you've got Kira McGeehan, you've got uh, Reese McLennigan, you've got like the boxers. I mean, you, like, you know, I mean, all the boxers could win, you know, so, so there's any number. Rugby but, sevens. Rugby sevens, males and females. So, you, you know, I mean, uh, and there are two Galway girls on the panel for the rugby sevens. I'm going to be in with them in a couple of weeks time uh, doing a, a bit of media training and but like you're kind of going into a group of people knowing that. And I think this goes back to when we're talking about um, selections and, and whatever. You're going into a group of 20 girls and 20 boys who are who are looking for the 12 spots, you know. So you're it's you know, there's, it's it's all it's always tough up there. So but you're but there's all there's a lot of medal opportunities. So the fact that it's I'm in Paris as well, is that not a help? That's a massive help. There's going to be a huge, huge interest. There's, um, like like London, I think, the, you know, we, we just had a group of people. I wasn't over uh, during the week, but we have like hospitality houses. Once the, we have the athletes staying in the village, uh, most of the athletes, the rowers are going to be staying just outside it because we're keeping a performance focus on everything we're doing. So the rowers are staying closer to the rowing course, um, athletes in the athlete village. But as soon as they finish, the day after they finish, we're actually moving them out so that the village is always a performance focused uh, environment. But we're moving them into there's the I don't know if anyone has ever been in, in the Irish Cultural Centre in, in Paris. Uh, so that we're going probably to has. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, it, we're, they're going to be moving out there and spending time there. But there's going to be like an exhibition of the history of Irish Olympics there. There's um, an Irish house just in just next door to the Moulin Rouge that's going to be not that we condone any kind of partying, but there will, it'll be hopping like so, you know, so so the, the atmosphere out there is going to be good. But the athletes feel that we're coming from a games where I think I was probably the only spectator 
in every arena. So, you know, so the athletes, like they, they prepare for everything. They prepare to compete in quiet um, stadiums. They prepare for, for busy ones, but having their parents and families coming, watching them, that just adds like, uh, you know, it adds pressure, but it adds excitement. The crowds, the, the, the crowds will be a huge boost. Um, this year, at the, or last year at the World Rowing Championships, we had a huge Irish contingent out there. And the roar that crowd brought on, like it's there must have been about 100 Irish people there in a section of the crowd. And the athletes knew it and they could hear it in the last 300. And it, it, it lifts you. So Paris is going to be mental, right, in, in that sense. Have you, have you seen the course? Yeah, I raced there a long, long time ago. Uh, and it's uh, set up. It looks good. But you know what? It's about the athletes. Just It's an instant thing. I, I go back to him again, Paul O'Donovan. He referred to the Tokyo Olympics as the Japan regatta. Right. And, and they will all be like that. They, they will be calm. They will be relaxed. But it's up to us in the crowd to actually be the, 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 you know, the, the wave that actually pushes them on across. Because normally at regattas, you have the Dutch there, the Swiss there. They're making noise. The Irish were making all the noise. So I think Paris is going to be massive for us in that sense. I'm getting so excited even just talking about it. And I suppose we got to mention, you know, it's a big participation event ahead, but there will be, you know, crowds following it as well and keeping an eye on it from a spectator perspective. I suppose that's the beauty of sport, isn't it? There's one thing playing it, but there's another thing having people watching you perform. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So there's going to be natural vantage points for this. I would say Dangan will be a very good spot for people to go to watch the cruise going by. The cruise will probably finish a little bit further up from Quincentennial Bridge this year. Um, just for where the flow is, uh, the way the flow is at the moment. So, with, yeah, it's it's going to be good fun. It's nice to see the the event back on the calendar. It'll be on us before we know it, won't it? That's right. It's only a couple of weeks away, so it's, it's only four weeks away now. 